You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Good morning, church. Thank you, Alvin, for the introduction. It is a great pleasure to join you in worship and to share God's word with you this morning. How about we pray and ask God for help? Lord, Give us insight and understanding into your word. As your spirit speaks to us this morning, also help us to understand your word clearly and apply them faithfully each day and every day. Amen. I wonder what dominates your prayer life and what drives your prayer life. More than 30 years ago, my auntie started praying for a husband with a hopeful anticipation that one day he would come to know Jesus in saving faith. Now, don't we all wish that prayer is just like a 100-meter sprint where we can already see the finishing line from the start? And haven't we all noticed how persistent prayer often feels like an ultra-distance marathon where the end is nowhere in sight? With heavy legs and exhausted body plodding along, struggling, doubting, questioning, sometimes thinking we are getting somewhere, yet oftentimes feeling like we are getting nowhere. And with the dead passing of days and weeks and months and years, the hopeful anticipation dwindles. And Jesus knows. Jesus knows how hard it is for his people to be praying and not lose heart. As we follow Jesus on his final journey to Jerusalem, Jesus painted a dramatic picture to his disciples. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. Jesus is speaking here about the day of his return. When the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And until that day, Jesus taught his disciples they ought always to pray and not lose heart. If persistent prayer matters to Jesus and his disciples 2,000 years ago, so persistent prayer also matters to Jesus and his disciples today. In today's passage, Jesus gives us three reasons to pray and not lose heart. The first reason is persistent prayer express faith in who God is. Jesus begins with telling a parable about the judge and the widow. A judge whom Jesus describes in verse 2 as one who neither feared God nor respected men. Now, I'm not sure about you, but it certainly doesn't sound like a flattering introduction for this judge at all. 
According to Google, qualities of a good judge include integrity, impartiality, ethics, empathy, compassion, trustworthiness, amongst many others. Romans 13.1 tells us that governing authorities that exist have been instituted by God. So in some ways, judges are delegated authorities from God in the administration of justice. Clearly, the introduction of this judge as one who neither feared God nor respected men stands in direct contrast with the ultimate judge who is God and who so loves the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus continues in verse 3 to introduce the widow who came from the same city and kept coming to the judge to seek justice against her adversary. Now, a widow in this context doesn't merely mean a woman whose husband had died, but also how her livelihood has become dependent on the community, making her economically vulnerable, lacking social and relational support, and often a neglected and forgotten member of society. The widow in her distress kept coming to the judge saying, give me justice against my adversary. We do not know who her adversary is and what matters of justice she is seeking. But we know that the judge kept coming to the judge. Sorry. We know that the widow kept coming to the judge persistently. This parable is also known by other names, such as the parable of the unjust judge or the parable of the importunate widow. According to Google, importunate means persistent, especially to the point of annoyance. The other day, my siblings and I were having dinner together when my five-year-old nephew barely touched his foot and said he is full. And then throughout the evening, he kept repeating, I'm bored, what can I do? I want a phone, I want screen time, I want to play Roblox, which is a mobile gaming app that kids play these days, apparently. Coming from a five-year-old, this might sound cute initially, but very soon, we realized that he's just not going to stop. And cute quickly turned into annoyance. Just as the widow's relentless badgering turned quickly into annoyance when the unjust judge realizes she is just not going to stop. Now, we might think that it is a lost cause when a socially and economically needy widow pesters the unjust judge with a pleas for justice. And perhaps rightly so, if this were happening in the real world today. In contrast, it is far from a lost cause when spiritually needy people like you and me pastor our loving Father with our cries of prayers. 
For unlike the widow, it is not the annoyance of our prayers that finally gets God's attention. What makes persistent prayer worthwhile is all because of who God is. For if an unjust judge would finally succumb to the widow's plea, how much more so would God, our loving Father, respond to his children's plea? So the first reason why we can pray persistently and not lose heart is because persistent prayer express faith in who God is. So what dominates your prayer life? Is it a bodily ailment that is a chronic nuisance or escalated unexpectedly and taking a toll? Is it a financial pressure from the pursuit or absence of economic freedom? Is it a relational stress from a struggling marriage or involuntary singleness? Regardless of the size of our needs, we can pray persistently because of who God is. The Lord our God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So pray persistently as our tangible expression of faith in who God is. But persistent prayer is not only about who God is. Jesus gives us a second reason. Persistent prayer express faith in how God acts. Continuing in verse 4, we read that, for a while, the judge refused. Notice how the refusal of the widow's plea for justice was a deliberate act of omission by a judge, resolutely denying justice to the vulnerable and needy. And this refusal went on for a while. For how long, we don't know, but long enough for the judge to finally cave in to the widow's plea. Continue reading from verses 4 and 5. Afterward, the judge said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. In other words, it was neither a stroke of kindness nor compassion nor empathy that moved the judge to action. For by the judge's own confession, he neither feared God nor respected men. Rather, it seems to be out of desperation to escape the widows bothering him and out of self-preservation to escape the widows beating him down by her continual coming that compelled the judge to cave in to the widow's plea for justice. He has zero interests whatsoever 
in the welfare of the widow. On the other hand, absolute interest for his own well-being. Did you hear that? Did you hear what the unrighteous judge says? And how different it is when we pray and God acts. Will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? We read in verse 7. For whenever God's people pray, oftentimes with words, sometimes with tears and silence doing the talking, God always hears and accepts and answers our prayers. And speedily, God will give justice to his elect, we read in verse 8. In human terms, we like to think of speedily as immediately. However, what Jesus meant here is not so much of immediately as of certainly. Just as God may not immediately give justice today, but God will certainly give justice when Jesus comes again. One of my favorite verses about how speedily or certainly God acts when his people pray comes from the NLT translation of Daniel 9.23. The moment you began to pray, a command was given. Try to picture this with me for a moment. The almighty and all-powerful God who spoke all of creation into existence speaks the very moment we open our mouths to pray, even before a word is on our tongue, a command was given, speedily and certainly. Far from desperation to escape his people's bothering him, far from self-preservation to escape his people's beating him down by their continual coming, God generously and graciously invites his people to pray because God has absolute interest in the welfare of his people for the sake of his glory. And here is a lesson. When spiritually needy people like you and me pastor our loving Father with our prayers, it is not the annoyance of our prayers that finally gets God's attention. What makes persistent prayer worthwhile is because of how God acts. So the second reason why we can pray persistently and not lose heart is because persistent prayer express faith in how God acts. So what drives your prayer life? Is it a confidence in your persistency that somehow it will annoy God into giving in to our wants? The truth is, regardless of our persistency or lack of persistency, we can pray and not lose heart because of how God acts. Because whenever God's people pray, God hears 
and accepts our prayers and acts speedily and certainly for the good of his people and for the sake of his glory. So pray persistently as our tangible expression of faith in how God acts. But persistent prayer is not only about who God is and how God acts. Jesus gives us a third reason. Persistent prayer expresses faith in who we are in Christ. After telling the parable and explaining the lesson to his disciples, Jesus wraps up with a question that was left unanswered. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Bible tells us that when the Son of Man comes, it will be a time of reckoning, where everyone will be called to account for one's actions, where all our misconducts and misdeeds will be laid out clearly in plain sight. And at that time, we do not have the hopelessness of a vulnerable widow pleading before an unrighteous judge, but we do have the hope of a sacrificial lamb standing between us sinners and God, the righteous judge. When John the Baptist first saw Jesus, by divine revelation, he exclaimed, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. For in Christ, our sins have been taken away by the Lamb of God. In Christ, we are no longer condemned sinners facing a righteous judge. Unlike the widow neglected and forgotten by society, in Christ, we are God's elect adopted into his family. In Christ, we are beloved and precious sons and daughters of God, our loving Father. That is our new identity. That is who we are in Christ. Who in the world dares to wake up the king in the middle of the night for something as trivial as a glass of water, but the king's very own prince and princess? And so can we have full confidence and assurance to enter God, our Father's holy presence with our prayers because we are His very own precious sons and daughters. So the third reason why we can pray persistently and not lose heart is because persistent prayer expresses faith in who we are in Christ. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? We do not know the answer, but we do know that the Son of Man will come. And however much or little faith he finds on earth, may it be so that we might be counted amongst the faithful on his return. So pray persistently as our tangible expression of faith 
in who we are in Christ. Coming back to my auntie who prayed for her husband's salvation, decades of persistent prayer finally led to my uncle's conversion. And that is most certainly not a 100-meter sprint, but more like an ultra-distance marathon filled with struggles, doubts, and questions along the way. And I wonder if your experience with prayer looks or feels similar. The struggles, the doubts, the questions are very real indeed. And so every time we feel like our prayers are unheard and unanswered, hold fast to this truth and take it to heart. Our compassionate and gracious God not only hears our prayers, but also acts speedily and certainly for our good and His glory, because we are His very own precious sons and daughters and he will give justice to his elect speedily, if not in this day, then certainly in the days of the Son of Man when Jesus returns. So what dominates your prayer life in this season? What drives your prayer life in this season? Let us all be people of prayer praying persistently as our tangible expression of faith in who God is, how God acts, and who we are in Christ, and all the more as we see the day approaching. How about we pray? Lord, help us all to be men and women of prayer praying persistently with absolute trust in who you are, with resolute hope in how you act, and with full assurance in who we are in Christ, for the sake of our good, to the praise of your glory. Amen. <clears throat>